You're listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Kobernack. It is our desire that you will be helped by this Bible message. Luke chapter 1 this morning, we're beginning with verse number 11. The Bible says, And there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. And when Zacharias saw him, he was troubled, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard, and thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. And thou shalt have joy and gladness, and many shall rejoice at his birth. For he shall be great in the sight of the Lord, and shall drink neither wine nor strong drink, and he shall be filled with the Holy Ghost, even from his mother's womb. And many of the children of Israel shall he turn to the Lord their God. And he shall go before him in the spirit and power of Elias to turn the hearts of the fathers to the children and the disobedient to the wisdom of the just, to make ready a people prepared for the Lord. And Zacharias said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I am an old man, and my wife well stricken in years. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb and not be able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be filled in their season. Amen. Thank you, Daniel, for reading the scripture for us. And if you missed Wednesday night, you missed a great message. Brother Daniel McManus preached and uh, did a wonderful job, and we thank the Lord for you. I do want to say, before we jump into the message, I want to say next Sunday uh, and the following Sunday, we will not have the three-and-a-half and, and four-year-old junior church in the gym. We'll have them start out in the 11 o'clock service, and then we'll dismiss the three-and-a-half and, and four-year-olds with the kindergarten through third grade for the junior church during the 11 o'clock. And so that'll be for next Sunday uh, and for uh, the following Sunday, so please keep that in mind. Luke chapter 1, and uh, you say, well, pastor, this really isn't the Christmas story. Well, really, it's leading up to it, because here we find two very important Bible characters, Zacharias and Elizabeth. These were the parents of John the Baptist, and tonight we'll get into the passage where Elizabeth and Mary, uh, they have their communication, they have their conversation, and both of these women are expecting babies. Elizabeth's baby is John the Baptist, who would be the forerunner. He would be the preacher. He would be the prophet that would prepare the way of the Lord. And of course, we know uh, whose baby uh, Mary is. That is Jesus, the Son of God. And so we're going to see those uh, this evening, and then next Sunday we'll continue along this theme. But for a few moments this morning, I'd like to preach to you about to me, it's a very interesting, it's a very fascinating study. I hope it'll be a blessing to you. But I want to talk to you about God speaking in the Christmas story. Now, first of all, I want to make sure we understand that this book, from Genesis to Revelation, this is all God speaking. Amen? Aren't you glad we have the Word of God? Aren't you glad that we don't have to wonder, what is it that we're supposed to know? What is it that's God's writings? What is it that's man's writings? It's all God's writing. This is the inspired, 
infallible, inerrant word of God. So God is speaking all the way through Matthew and all the way through Luke. These are the words of God. But in the Christmas story, we see some instances where there is an angel of the Lord that comes. There is a messenger from God that comes, and we find that message in quotations. That message is very clear. It is very direct. You see, the Christmas story was not people just wandering about aimlessly, taking guesses on where they were supposed to go and what they were supposed to do and how they were supposed to do it. The Christmas story is people that responded uh, to the voice of God, that responded to the word of God in their lives. And I'm glad that God spoke in the Christmas story, but I'm even more excited that God speaks today. I am so glad that we have the word of God. We have a message from God. I'm so thankful that we have a Bible. There was a story that was told and there was a, a, a professor who was an expert on the Bible. This was a Christian man. He loved the Lord. He knew the Lord. He loved the Bible. And there was a session they, they had for this professor on why he believed that the Bible is the word of God. And there were many folks that came and one person asked a very interesting question. They said, what is the number one reason why you believe that the Bible is the word of God? And the professor said this. He said, well, he said, to give you an idea of why I believe the Bible is the word of God, he said, I want you to understand that the Bible was not written as one book, but the Bible was written as 66 different books, individual books. He said, not only was the Bible written as 66 books, but the Bible was written by 40 different authors. He said the Bible was written over the span of 1,500 years. The Bible was written in three different languages. It was written on three different continents. Most of the authors of the Bible never even knew the other authors. Of course, the fact that it was 1,500 years, that ought to give you a good indication that some people didn't know the others, right? But yet the Bible, it all fits. The Bible is historically accurate. The Bible doesn't contradict. The Bible has a theme. The theme is the Lord Jesus Christ from Genesis to Revelation. The theme is salvation. And the, the professor said this, I challenge you. He said, go to any library in the world you want. He said, pick out 66 different books by 40 different authors written in three different languages and written on three different continents and put them all together and give me something like the Bible. <laughs> And the student that was at that, that uh, uh, session said this. He said, sir, what you are asking me to do is absolutely impossible. And the man said, you're exactly right. He said, and that's why I believe that this book is the word of God. I'm glad we have a Bible. I'm glad that we have God speaking to us today. In this passage, we see that God is speaking to Zacharias. We began in verse 11, but I'd like you to jump down to verse number 5. It says, there was in the days of Herod, the king of Judea. Uh, by the way, these were wicked days. Herod was not a good king. Herod was not the kind of guy that was uh, giving you a, a pat on the back or giving you applause for standing for God and doing what was right. But yet there was a priest by the name of Zacharias. And the Bible says, of the course of Abiah, his wife was of the daughters of Aaron. And her name was Elizabeth. And they were both, what's that next word? righteous. Don't you love it? 
Sometimes we say, you know what? This world is so bad, it's impossible to do right. This world is so bad, it's impossible to live for God. Well, I want to tell you, it was bad in this day too. But here was a husband and a wife that said, we are going to do what's right. I think that'd be good for some husbands and wives here in this room to say, no matter how bad the world gets, we're going to do what's right. No matter what the news says, no matter what Hollywood says, no, what, no matter what the, the culture is, we will do what's right. They were both righteous before God, walking in all the commandments and ordinance of, of the Lord, blameless. And they had no child because that Elizabeth was barren. And they were both, they both were now well stricken in years. That word stricken, it means advanced. That's a fancy polite, diplomatic way to say they were old. And if somebody ever says you're an old person, say, I'm not old. I'm just well advanced in my years, you know. That kind of sounds better, you know. But these folks were righteous. And by the way, things hadn't always gone their way. They didn't have a son. They wanted a son. They wanted a child. But yet, even though they didn't get what they wanted, they were still faithful. You know, sometimes when things don't go our way, you know what we do? We quit on God. Let's be honest. When God doesn't give us what we want, when God doesn't act like the genie in the bottle to give us our wishes, we sometimes, we abandon God. We give up on God. We, we forget about God. But here is a couple that said, even though things have not gone our way, even though the culture is not for us, even though the government is not in support of us, we're still going to do what's right and we will be faithful to the Lord, even in our old age. Don't you love it when you look across the auditorium? And you see folks that are faithful, even though they are advanced in age. Did I say that right? Nobody here is old. There's just a few that are advanced in age, some more than others. But I love it when I see people that have been faithful. And you know, if you take somebody in your section who is maybe a, a 70 or 80 or, or 90 years old, and you talk to them after church, you know what you would find? Believe it or not, life hasn't always been easy for them. They've had problems. They've had burdens. They've had difficulties. But yet here they are today. They're faithful. They're serving God. You know why? Because that is the life we all should be living. That is what God has called us to do, to be faithful till death. It says in verse 8, Zacharias, it came to pass that while he executed the priest's office before God in the order of his course, according to the custom of the priest's office, his lot was to burn incense when he went into the temple of the Lord. Now, I love this about the incense because the incense in the Bible, the incense that was offered, that was a sweet-smelling savor to God. The Bible talks about the incense being comparable to the prayers of God's people. We're not offering incense in the church today, but you know what we're doing? We're offering up prayers. And God loves to hear our prayers, and God loves to see people that will be faithful to pray. And even when the going gets tough, and even when the times are hard, and even when things don't go your way, keep on praying. Don't give up. Don't throw in the towel. And Zacharias was ministering before the Lord in the temple, offering incense. Verse number 11. And there. I love this. While he was in the temple, while he was offering incense, while he was serving God, while he was faithful, there appeared unto him an angel of the Lord standing on the right side of the altar of incense. Now you pray for me right now because I'm about to get ahead of myself. 
Because I got a lot of things I want to say about this first. But if I do, I won't give you the message. And I need to give you the message. But let me just say this. It's no secret. It's no surprise. It's no wonder that God spoke to Zacharias while he was in a place of prayer. While he was in a place of sacrifice, while he, while he was in a place of, of worship, while he was in the temple, it is no surprise that God spoke to him right where he was. Then we get to verse 13. It says, but the angel said unto him. Then we get to verse number 19. And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel that stand in the presence of God and am sent to speak unto thee and to show thee these things glad tidings. Father, I pray you'd speak to our hearts. Help us not to miss these truths. We need you. I need your help. I pray that you'd guide my mind and guide my words. And Lord, I pray that you'd speak to us this morning. I know there's a lot of things that we have going on. There's a lot of things that need to be done. But Lord, I believe you've got something for us today. And I pray that you'd help us not to miss it. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. God speaking in the Christmas story. Number one, I see when God speaks to Zacharias, I see that God brings a message of peace. The first words out of the angel's mouth in verse 13 are the words, fear not. Can I tell you, that is the message from God for Zacharias. He said, you don't have to worry. You don't have to stress. You don't have to panic. You don't have to bite your fingernails down. You don't have to get into a nervous frenzy. You just have to slow down and relax and realize that God is still in control. There is a peace that comes when God speaks. I believe Zacharias was fearful because of the angel appearing to him in the temple. And by the way, this week, if you were somewhere by yourself at your job doing what you always do and somebody appeared out of nowhere and started talking to you, I think you'd be a little nervous too. But Zacharias was, was fearful when he saw the angel. He was fearful. But then I think Zacharias realized, oh, this is not a scary thing. This is a great thing. This is a wonderful thing. And may God help us to be in awe when God speaks. May God help us to pay attention when he speaks. May God help us to stop what we are doing and listen to God. God's message, number one, is a message of peace. But secondly, I see God speaks because of prayer. Verse number 13. The angel said unto him, Fear not, Zacharias, for thy prayer is heard. Now here's what's amazing to me. Is God spoke to Zacharias, and guess what? It's because Zacharias was speaking to God. Now, if I come down here to the second row after church, and I'm talking to Nathaniel, and I'm talking to Nathaniel, and I'm asking him a serious question, and Nathaniel doesn't even acknowledge me, doesn't even answer me, doesn't even listen to me. He's too busy talking to Lawson. And I'm over here, and I'm, just, I'm trying to talk to Nathaniel, and he won't listen to me, that's a problem, right? We would say, that's rude. Well, can I tell you, we serve a God that he answers when you pray, and he answers when I pray. I'm not saying you're always going to get the answer you want. I'm not saying that things are always going to turn out exactly like you think they should, but we serve a God who says, you can ask, and it shall be given unto you. You seek and you will find. You can knock and the door will be opened unto you. And I want to tell you, when God speaks, many times it's because we have prayed 
And God answers our prayer. I'm glad that God still speaks today. I wonder, have you been praying? Have I been praying? What have you been praying for? We've got our Christmas list for presents, right? We've got our Christmas list for things to do and things to get done and places to go and things to accomplish. But I wonder, how's your list for prayer this Christmas? Many times we we have not because we ask not. But God speaks when his people pray. What are you asking God to do in your life? I, I love the faith of children. Sometimes children will put things on their Christmas list that are impossible. And we'll say, well, that's not going to happen. But there's nothing you can put on your prayer list that is impossible because God specializes in the impossible. Maybe this Christmas you need to pray for a loved one to get saved. And you've tried and you've tried and you've tried. Can I tell you, keep on praying? Maybe there's a child that's wayward. Maybe there's a child that's away from God. Maybe there's a marriage that you're trying to salvage. Uh, Maybe there's some grandchildren you're praying for. Maybe there's a a family member. Maybe there's a sickness. Maybe there's a situation that's going on that seems impossible, but I got news for you. You and I can pray, and prayer can do things that you and I could never imagine or comprehend. When God speaks in the Christmas story, number one, I see there's a message of peace. Number two, it's a result of prayer, but number three... When God speaks, it's a message of praise. I love this. Verse number 14. God tells Zacharias through the angel. He says, fear not, thy prayer is heard. You're going to have a son. And verse 14, and thou shalt have joy and gladness. And many shall rejoice at his birth. Now, this is not talking about the birth of Jesus. This is talking about the birth of John the Baptist. But the angel said, not only are you going to be happy, not only are you going to rejoice, but there's going to be a lot of people that are going to rejoice because when God speaks, he speaks a message of praise. And not only can you rejoice, but many others can rejoice because of what God is doing in you. Now now think about this. If God speaks to me, That message is not just limited to me, but that's going to affect the people that I come in contact with. That's going to affect my attitude this week. That's going to affect my spirit. That's going to affect my family. That's going to affect this church. That's going to affect my neighbors. And can I tell you, when God speaks to you, it's going to make a difference in the people around you. It's going to have an impact. And when God speaks, I want to tell you, it's a message of praise. It's a message of joy. It's a message of rejoicing. You see, when God speaks, and I want you to hear me out on this, when God speaks, whether it be good news or bad news, we can rejoice. You say, what do you mean, good news or bad news? Well, sometimes when God speaks in the Bible, it's a message of judgment. Sometimes when God speaks in the Bible, it's a message of warning. Sometimes when God speaks, it's a message of, you better get straightened out and you better get right or else trouble's coming. But whenever God speaks, we can rejoice for many reasons. Let me give you a couple. Number one, we can rejoice because God took the time to speak to us. And he doesn't have to. How many of you know God doesn't owe us an explanation? The creator of the universe that he would stoop down and talk to us. I'm glad I can rejoice because God speaks and God gives us a message and God's got something for us today and he doesn't have to speak. When God speaks, we can rejoice because he is God. Isn't it good to know that he's in control? 
Isn't it good to know that he's in charge? Isn't it good to know that, that we serve a sovereign God who's got everything under control, everything is under his hand, everything is under his authority? We can rejoice because God knows what he is doing. Hallelujah for that. How many of you ever feel like you don't know what you're doing? My hand, actually, let me get both of them up here. When it comes to parenting, oh, Lord, help us. There's times where I'm thinking, they never got this right in the book. They never explained this one to us. I've never seen this situation before. And then there's times where you feel like you do something right. You feel like you, you see some, some victories in your children. You know, things are going well. Watch out. Start to get a little proud, a little like, yeah, hey, I can't quite reach. Can you give me a good pat on the back right there? Can I tell you, God has a way of humbling us, doesn't he? I think that's one reason God gives children, right? To keep you humble. But there's so many times where we look at a situation, maybe it's a family situation, a work situation, relationships, finances, health, you name it. And the truth is, we don't know what we're doing. We don't have a clue. But I'm glad I know somebody who does. I'm glad that I don't have to know about tomorrow. I just have to know the one who holds tomorrow in his hand. God knows what he's doing. We can rejoice because he loves us. And he has our best interest in mind. Aren't you glad that when God speaks, it's a message of love. It's a message of God saying, I care about you. I love you. You are my child. You are precious. You are valuable to me. And God speaks because he loves us. When God speaks, I want to remind you, and I don't have time to get into all this, but whenever God speaks, there is power in his words. There is power in the word of God. There is power when God opens his mouth. There is power when Jesus Christ speaks, when he could speak to the, the sea and to the storm and to the wind and the waves, and he could say, peace be still, and they stop. He could speak the worlds into existence. He could speak and there was the sun and there was the moon and there were the, the millions and billions of stars and there was planet earth and there was the exact right everything for life to exist. There was everything perfect and he's the one that spoke it into existence. I'm glad there's power in his world. Thank you for listening to the preaching podcast of Victory Baptist Church in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina, led by Pastor Jeremy Coburnett. For more information about our ministry, please visit our website at vbcrr.org. May God bless you as you serve Him this week.